Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Stack Overflow podcast, a place to talk all things software and technology. I am your host, Ben Popper, Director of Content here at Stack Overflow. And today I have two very special guests. We are going to be talking about product management. We're going to be talking about what it means you know, to work inside of an organization that has a lot of irons in the fire and how you work with big teams of developers and designers and all the other folks who get their hands on product to take it from an idea to something that's actually in production and being touched by you know, millions of, of, of users. So today from Twilio, we have Catherine Murphy joining us. She's the SVP of product and design at Twilio. And we have our own Jody Bailey, who is the CTO here at Stack Overflow. Hello to both of you. Hello. Hello. It's great to be here. So Catherine, Jody got the chance to come on the podcast already. We'll put it in the show notes. People can dive into his background. Why don't you give us for yourself a quick bio? Like, what would you say are the important things to know about how you ended up in the role you're at today? Yeah, I started my career as an engineer. My little fun fact there is actually my father taught me to code when I was 18, which uh, I started a part-time job in college coding without sort of realizing the significance of that, like as a woman in uh, the engineering field. And, but then I would describe most of my career as sort of a wandering between product and engineering. And when I found myself at a large company, Salesforce, I was like finally forced to choose. Am I a product person? (laughs) Am I an engineering person? Am I an infrastructure person? Because I just kind of had the luxury of being able to do a lot of those things and kind of wander. And my litmus test was like, what am I doing with my free time? And the Mm. truth that I found in myself was like, oh, I'm researching customer problems and the market and the competitors. I'm not researching better ways to do CI/CD. I'm not, you know, like I just right. You're not coding up a side project exactly. And I was like, dang it, I think I'm a product person. Um, But uh, so anyway, I've embraced (laughs) that. But I guess I would also say I've loved technical products, and I've always loved like products that that are engineering kind of focused or oriented. And I've always loved the developers that are part of my customer community. So I'm now at Twilio. Uh, which kind of makes sense with that little background. Um, yeah. And for that Twilio, I lead um, products, our, our customer data platform, um, some multi-channel marketing products, and then our customer AI, which is our both our predictive and generative AI um, initiatives for Twilio. Yeah, Twilio is certainly a brand known for having lots of developers in the community and as customers. Yep. So you can kind of bring those two worlds back together. That's great. Yes, exactly. I mean, this is my attempt anyway. <laughs> Right, right, exactly. You can have your cake and eat it too. Jody, I said I wouldn't give you a big chance to to give us the overview, but maybe for folks like you're the CTO now, you know, so that's a certain kind of role. But for you, what was your introduction to product management? And and I guess, you know, is that still part of your day-to-day here at Stack Overflow? Yeah. So I mean, it's pretty difficult to work in software development and not interact with product management, right? So, you know, my introduction <laughs> really was was through through the engineering aspect of things. And I, you know, like Catherine, I was I was drawn to business problems and and understanding, you know, what customers need and how to provide solutions. And you know, I've had the opportunity, I think, to work with some some pretty exceptional product leaders, uh, which was inspirational. And, you know, I've also, you know, had the opportunity to work at 
places like Amazon where everything is, you know starts with the customer, right? Which I think is a big part of of being mm. a product person. What I will say is that you know my spare time I tend to be more drawn to some of the technical things. You know, I, I tend to focus a lot more on the technical product management piece, but also advocating, you know, for the product management piece. You know, I'm a, a big believer in you know, the idea of product design and, and engineering really leading direction together. So had the opportunity to manage product management and do that and technical product management. I, I tend to lean a little more towards the technical product management side of things myself. Yeah, you're, it sounds like you both see there's two sides of the coin here and you know you can find different ways to express that at different roles. So Catherine, I guess yeah, you know you mentioned spending weekends thinking about customers and you know ways to implement solutions for them. When you think about it now having had a lot of experience in the field, what are some of your guiding, you know, practices for product management that, you know, some of the golden rules you might tell someone who's coming up in the field or the things you, you know, instill in your team um, that you feel trickle out to the organization and make everybody kind of work better? You'll probably see this as a theme throughout the conversation today, but I have a principle uh, or a methodology that I call whole product that I learned from someone that I wished I would have learned way earlier in my career. The concept of whole product is it's not just about building a feature or getting something, you know, like out to market, but it's thinking about the whole product pieces of it, meaning how we're going to market it how we're going to sell it, how we're going to price and package it, how's a customer going to adopt it, how are we going to renew? So it's not enough to just build and ship, which is a really important part. Like, in fact, I have kind of this like four levels of product management maturity. And level one is like, you can ship with accuracy. And like, that is a big deal. But, you know, can you grow beyond that? and be whole product thinkers where when we build new things, we actually know how it's going to impact customers and the business. And we think about adoption, you know, just from the get-go. That's very cool. So I guess I heard level four is, you know, you've got it soup to nuts. Level one is, hey, you shipped your MVP on time. What are levels two and three? And then I'll pass the hat to Jody for some some thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. So level one, you're going to ship. Level two, you shift to adoption focus. So you ship, mm-hmm. but you can also, but you also start to measure like how are customers using this? You know, how is it being adopted? Where is there friction? And you actually have concerted like those are your success metrics versus ship. Level three right. is actually whole product, but then whole product has a like graduating level two. Level four is forecasted outcomes. You know, you've gotten to the point where you actually know kind of end to end how to build things and how to have positive impact. And you can forecast outcomes like I'm going to predict new ARR for the business, or I'm going to predict an impact on GRR. So uh, that's my level four. And I've worked in some product organizations in my career where we were level four for pieces of it. And I've worked, (laughs) but most of the time, I think I've worked in level one, level two organizations. Um, Not naming any names. No, absolutely not. But to each (laughs) their own. Jody, do you have levels? Do you have a spider web? Do you have a different metaphor? How do you think about, you know, sort of going from just getting started in this to being a real Jedi of of product management? I love the the levels that Catherine's speaking about, you know, because it's certainly shipping is always like kind of table stakes, right? It's like, okay, well, we're shipping stuff predictably. And then, you know, the the area that 
I think that a lot of us try to focus on our outcomes, you know, as opposed to outputs, right? If you think of delivering something, that's the output, but what is the outcome you're creating, right? Not just that people are using it, but are they becoming more engaged overall? Or is it maybe, you know, maybe they're adopting a feature in exchange for something else. And that may or may not create the business outcome you're looking for, which I think is is maybe closer to the, the whole product version that Catherine's talking about. And, you know, well, we, like I said, always a, a big fan of looking at outcomes versus outputs. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the other reasons I have these four levels is that I've done the same thing, but I've just watched so many product orgs try to go from ship to like, let's do ROI analysis, like for everything on our roadmap, let's go try to like figure out if this is worth it. And then you suddenly realize, I don't know how to do that. Like, I don't have any of the mechanisms Mm -hmm. in place to track, like, what is the adoption? Like, we don't have the, you know, maybe we should have set up separate SKUs and separate selling motions and we didn't do that, you know? And so it's really hard to just go straight from I ship on time to full-blown ROI and forecasting capability. So it's not even that I've been so clever to figure out, oh, there's these levels. It's more like I I myself attempted to go to ROI and like, uh uh-oh, there's other things that happen before we can get there (laughs) that we need to figure out. That makes sense. Yeah, you got to crawl before you can run. And if you build those things into the product ahead of time, or at least are synced up, you know, with these other teams, whether that's business, you know, um, or, or marketing, then, you know, maybe some of the tools are in place, as opposed to having to, you know, they're, they're an afterthought you have to tack on, yeah. which can be pretty difficult once the plane is once the plane is in flight, it's harder to add new features. Right? <laughs> exactly. So Jody, one thing I wanted you to reflect on, which I think is really interesting, is that at the moment, there's sort of two very different approaches to product management within Stack Overflow. You know, there's uh, our more traditional approach. And I was chatting with some of the folks who had come to the company recently. They said, you know, I came from a startup and I was coming to Stack Overflow and it was clear that there were things that were stack ranked in order of priority because customers had told us X. And so we would approach them, you know, with these deadlines in mind and sort of tick, tick off the boxes. But, um, you know, with the advent of Gen AI, we've decided that we want to invest, you know, a lot of our resources into that, as we've talked about public on the blog, and try to move quickly and experiment in public, you know, share things on meta with our users. It's really interesting to me. It's almost like a new way of working emerged inside of Stack Overflow as we pursued this goal of releasing Overflow AI. Uh, If you haven't heard about Overflow AI and all the big announcements we made, I'll put it in the show notes. You can check out the last page, sign up to be an alpha tester. But anyway, Jody, I know you were deeply involved in this. Can you tell us a little bit about the way our approach to work and uh, especially to product management changed over the last few months? Yeah, it's a great point, Ben. And and I think in a large part, this is driven just by what's going on in the space and the market right now with generative AI and everything else. Everything is moving super fast, right? And mm-hmm. we're all trying to figure out what's possible. Uh, what's not possible, and then how do we how do we deliver value to our our customers and users faster than ever? And for us, you know, the way that we have operated historically is is you know fairly traditional. We we identify a number of areas that we want to improve in, or things that we want to deliver. We prioritize. We do research. You know, do all the experimentation. You know, upfront, and then deliver something. And what we've been doing differently this time is. We're figuring it out as we go. So, you know, we went into the most recent initiative without any preconceived notion of exactly 
what we were going to deliver. And one of the one of the fun things about the product we build, and, and I'm sure you know Catherine experiences some at, at Twilio, is a lot of our product team and engineers are the customer as well, right? I mean, they're they're people that use our product, and so we we have that added benefit. And we just started doing experimentation, so it became very very agile, if you will. You know, it started out as as a as a large team of about 40 people, and it's it's grown across most of the product and engineering team and we're getting together every week and we're doing demos we're doing experimentation we've had to learn how to incorporate you know customer research in the the definition and experimentation process whereas historically we would do more of that research up front and then apply it and now you know we're having to learn to work together and try things get the feedback do the research all concurrently and then produce results. It's been super fun. Definitely repeated sprints as opposed to a marathon, if you want to use that marathon. <laughs> that, that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to Catherine's earlier point about you know the different levels, it's been really interesting to see folks iterating really quickly on product, as you said, incorporating user and customer feedback, but then also saying like, some of the fundamental parts that you would need to ship. It's like, well, who's going to own this part? You know, do we have the database side of this set up? Like, do we have the search side of this set up? Does anybody even own that? Like, who's going to, you know, and then people have to raise their hands and sort of figure out how all the pieces connect, which I think it's been kind of inspiring to see. Like you said, I think a lot of people have gravitated towards working on this project just because it's moving so fast and there's so much green field. It's a really exciting thing to, you know, invest some of your energy in. Yeah, Jody, it brings me um, like great comfort to hear you describe this because I would say it looks very similar at Twilio. And <laughs> as we kind of went from like, oh, a lot of experimentation, lots of hackathons, lots of things to like, okay, now we have people whose day in, day out job is AI. Like that's when mm. the pressure really was on. People were like, but there's no research. We don't have PRDs, like the, all the <laughs> yep. traditional mechanisms. And so we introduced the concept, the hashtag of hashtag baby ship. And it's like, mm. like you said, though, it's like you still do the things, but you're doing them in parallel, but you do them smaller and bite sizes. So we're not throwing methodology out the window per se, but we're being open to like parallel work streams. And we're also being okay with throwing things away that we ship where that's like, that's kind of new. Like it's funny because many of us have been in startups and we're like, Oh yeah, we used to work this way, but uh, it's hard in a big organization (laughs) because you feel a lot of pressure to deliver results all the time. And it's uh, it's kind of like messed with us a little bit. And we've had to go back and remind ourselves that innovation is more, you know, hashtag baby ship not the big cycles. Yeah. The other thing, and I'm curious if you've experienced it, Catherine, is people's roles are evolving, right? And how people interact together is changing and shifting. And one of the things we've had to do is kind of get comfortable with with being uncomfortable sometimes because, you know, people are, I mean, we're stepping on each other's toes, not intentionally, right? But it's learning how to be okay with that and then talk and work our ways through it and kind of reestablish new norms. Is, is that something you're experiencing as well? For sure. Uh, and then add to it like other swim lanes that we would normally, or like cross-functional things that we would normally like bring in at certain times, like marketing or like privacy and regulation. Like we are 
not only uncomfortable in R&D stepping on each other's toes, but we brought a ton more players into that same mix who we're having to teach about, you know, like how to do hashtag baby ship and all be uncomfortable together. Yeah. And InfoSec and those things are, is a great example, right? It's like you can't wait to involve them and you can't give them a heads up. They kind of have to be part of the process and, <laughs> and be watching as you go. Right raise their hand when something comes up. Yeah. As I mentioned earlier, uh, recently our CEO made a bunch of big announcements about the launch of Overflow AI, excited new capabilities, want to bring uh, new kinds of search to Stack Overflow, both the public side and for teams, uh, an IDE for VS Code powered by Stack Overflow, a bunch of other really cool stuff. I'll put a link in the show notes to all that and the labs page where you can sign up to be an alpha tester. But Catherine, I wanted to offer you the chance to talk a little bit about what Twilio has been doing in the AI area and specifically how you think about crafting product from the technology perspective and from the customer perspective? I think AI is certainly such a hot topic. Twilio just announced a few weeks ago, customer AI. And I love, and it's a combination of both predictive AI and generative AI. But what I really love about our vision, and, and we kind of worked pretty hard on this, pushed each other pretty hard, is that it's not just another, like, it's not just a random set of AI features that we are cranking away on like everybody else, but we really pushed ourselves to say, like, it's a tenant to the vision that Twilio already had for customer engagement. You know, specifically, how do we bring mm. all those Twilio channels that developers around the world are familiar with, know and love together with the customer data platform that came from Segment and then like really make it possible for builders, developers, marketers, contact centers, like to use AI to do their jobs better, faster. So, you know, when you kind of go back to even like my own story about like, I love, I found myself worrying about the customer problems and researching the customer problems. Like what I love about our AI strategy is it's all about what our customers need. And so even when we get stressed out because we didn't do the research on something we're building, we say, well, what's the customer problem we're trying to solve with this AI capability? Is it a problem we already know about? Are we making it better and faster? So I'm really excited about a lot of the features we're going to be bringing to market next month at our big uh, Signal conference. I love that. And I think it, it, it reinforces something, right? And that is that, that we're not here to, to build new exciting, cool tech, but to solve customer problems, right? Yeah. And AI is another tool in the toolbox. You know, when we look at it, we look at it the same way. What, what's the mission of the company? What are we trying to accomplish? And how does AI allow us to do that better? It sounds like exactly what you're doing. It makes it more exciting. I think like also part of our bigger vision is we just want every team to be able to use AI to build. We have like a smaller right. team that's sort of like, the pioneers, but we want every team and that's Twilio teams and all the teams that use Twilio services to just have AI be a natural, easy part of how they build. It's almost for me because I'm old, like when cloud or mobile became like just the way you build. And like, that's really, I think that's really how we see it, but like that it's primary purpose is for customer problem solving. Yeah, I really like what you said there. It it does feel like AI is now, it feels like it's a layer, you know, that that is going to spread and seep through everything. 
And it's been really interesting to see folks, you know, who previously were working on public platform or they were working on teams right. or they were working on some other product within this show up in Slack and say, I just figured out, you know, this thing with Langchain last night, or I found this new open source model and hugging right. face that maybe we should try and, you know, clearly doing a lot of exploring in their own time to, to understand like, yeah, how does my role work now if AI is a constant, you know, that, that might touch everything in the software business. We did some fun, we've done a, several uh, hackathons with our customers, AI hackathons, which has been super cool because the customer is always focused on like what problems they need to solve for their business. And so when you bring those developer customers into the mix, like it centers you really uh, in a hurry around like what things matter to them. And like that has been a real big source of inspiration for us around like what things do we need to deliver to the world. All right, everybody, it is that time of the show. We want to shout out a community member who came on Stack Overflow and helped spread a little knowledge, save a question from the dustbin of history, a lifeboat badge awarded to Black Green on uh, two days ago. How can I write a generic function that accepts any numerical type? Black Green, we appreciate your answer. Uh, and over the years, you've helped nearly 7,000 people. So thanks for spreading a little knowledge on Stack Overflow. I am Ben Popper. I'm the director of content here at Stack Overflow. You can always find me on Twitter at Ben Popper. Email us with questions or suggestions, podcast at Stack Overflow. And if you like the show, leave us a rating and a review. It really helps. I'm Catherine Murphy, the SVP of product and design at Twilio. And you can find me on LinkedIn or at Twitter, rather X under my name. And just a quick shameless plug, if that's okay. In a few weeks, we have our big customer and developer conference, including our famous developer keynote. And you can register for free at signal.twilio.com. I'm Jody Bailey, CTO at Stack Overflow. You can find me on LinkedIn, kind of boring, or uh, stackoverflow.com. Hopefully everybody uh, comes out to Stack Overflow and participates in our community. Thanks. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you soon.